This week, we're taking the train back in time, and we're going to get back to our nerdy roots. We're talking about the Antikith... The Antik... The Antikith... The Antikith... You guys know what it is. Look in the freaking show notes. An ancient Greek hand-powered thingy-do-bopper described as the oldest example of an analog computer. Get your nerd glasses on, because we're going in. Listener discretion is always advised. All aboard the Midnight Train. Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. Yes, we make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yes, we are a comedy podcast, and yes, things can get pretty dark. So listen, if you're not into that, if you got a weak stomach, or if you just don't like to laugh at things that maybe some people don't really laugh at, well, listen, no hard feelings. We get it. But if you do, thanks for being here. And for those of you that have been here before, hey, welcome back. Hi. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And with me, of course, today, it's Logan. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, same. A little hungover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not gonna lie, a little, little hungover, but whatever. I'll power through. Yeah, muscle today, it out. We're gonna get some nerdy nerd in here, oh, right? Yeah, gotta yeah. work our brains out now. That's right. And listen, for Patreon this week, uh, Logan actually came up with a really cool idea. We're gonna be talking about the the Bermuda Triangle. Close. The 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 the, the I don't know what is it. <laughs> the Bridgewater Triangle. That's what I said. It's in New Jersey. Right. No, it's not. It's in Massachusetts. I know. I got you. Oh, okay. Damn. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. No, we're, so we're going to talk about it. a lot of weird phenomena oh, yeah. taking place there. It's uh, it's actually, what, three or four different towns yeah, in like Massachusetts? Yeah, it's like three cities in Massachusetts, like on the southern, south, southern? Southern. Southern. <laughs> southern end, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's so we're going to be doing that. So sign up for, uh, for our Patreon. You know, it's five bucks. And listen, that's like... A tank of gas right now. Not, not even. That's a gallon of gas right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're not raising our prices. No. You know, it may still keep going up and up and up, mm-hmm. but you can still get all of the bonus content right here for only $5 a month. Heck yeah, man. In some places, it's cheaper than gas. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. Right? If you got a diesel vehicle, you screw. <laughs> right? Sorry. Like what the fuck for real? That's exactly what Chainsaw would that's say. That's what too. he would say. Right? Exactly <laughs> what he's saying right now. So listen, we're gonna save the rest of the business stuff until the end. All right. So let's just get into it. Let's turn down the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and like I said in the intro, our nerd glasses, and let's get well nerdy, right? Nerdy. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful nerds. <laughs> (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm in one of those moods. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, since last week's episode left Logan up all night long with nightmares. Still to this day. And he just can't get the stains out of his shorts. Nope. Yeah, yeah. It's It was a, it was a good one. It was, yeah. it was a, little, a little scary. Yeah, I'll put a little hair in your chest. Yeah, a little, put a little hair in your eyeballs. Yeah. 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 So if you guys didn't uh, get a chance to listen to that, it's the Annalise Michelle and her... Uh, her exorcism, yeah. multiple. Yeah, yes. it was a, it was a good one. Yeah, so go back and listen to that. So listen, uh, yeah, we decided to kind of do something a little bit lighter, like a palate cleanser, if you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we are diving deep into the wonderful world of politics. Yes, kind of yeah, that. you got it. That's right. Today we're going to discuss the Biden administration and their plans and, and everything that's going on. Good topic. And, and, you know, and it, I think it's going to be uh, positive. Yes, you know, and not at all one sided. No, not at yeah. all. Yeah. And that's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> so if you guys even thought for a second, then you're new here. Because <laughs> you know we're not doing that. I don't talk about yeah. politics. I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate uh, it. Politics. Yeah, I don't like it. That and religion. Don't like that either. Mm-hmm, don't talk about mm-hmm. either one of those two. I try to tell people at the uh, at the bar yeah. all the time. I'm like, mm-mm. If I hear people starting to talk about it, I walk up like, just drink your beer. Right. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> More drinking, let's talk. Right. We're here to talk. And, and Now, if people could have an honest, you know, um debate right or an intellectual conversation where both sides can understand each other's you know point of view that would be awesome but guess what that doesn't fucking happen nope (laughs) not very often especially bar right so okay we are talking about the antikythera mechanism and yes i can pronounce it correctly (laughs) well i had to pause the show and figure out how to pronounce it but anyway (laughs) and uh the mystery surrounding it all right and this is something i've been intrigued about for a while and logan was like hey i kind of want to do this and i'm like go for it so the Antikythera mechanism is a hand-powered orrery. Yeah, that's, uh, that's or- a word. Orrery. Orrery. It sounds like a Scooby trying to say ornery. <laughs> Shaggy. Oh. <laughs> Raggy. Saying I'm orrery. Saying he's horny. I'm really orrery. Which is a mechanical model of our solar system, if you didn't know what an orrery was. Right? I didn't yeah. know that's what that was. Neither did I. From ancient Greece that has been dubbed the world's first analog computer since it was used to forecast celestial locations and eclipses decades in advance. All right? And this thing was, like, made in, like, 1985, so it's pretty cool, right? That is pretty, uh... I mean, that's way above... Everything else. Yeah. Like, Motorola can't even come close. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. It's nuts. So the ancient Olympic Games four-year cycle, which was akin to an Olympiad, right, mm-hmm. could also be used uh, or followed using this method. All right? So this thing, like, this is pretty cool. And, and, by the way, it wasn't 1985. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, 1685. Yeah. 1785? So, way, yeah, way, 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 way. So, in 1901, uh, a wreckage from a ship, uh, shipwreck um, off the shore of the Greek island of Antikythera included this artifact. Archaeologist Valeros Stays, or Stais. Stais? Stais? Yes. Sure. Yeah. He recognized it as being, uh, as bearing a gear, okay, so it had a gear on it on May 17th of 1902, Okay. So when they got this thing, when they found it was in the shipwreck, it was all covered with yeah, it was crap, like corroded, and like had barnacles on it. Everything. You couldn't even tell what it was. It looked like a rock. You guys know what barnacles are? What? Do you know what a barnacle is? A barnacle is yeah. like a, it's a mollusk. Mm-hmm. And they're sharp. Yes. And they're freaking mess your shit up. Yeah, that's how you get keelhauled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in our um, um, uh, pirates episode oh, that we were yeah. doing. The lady pirates. Yeah, lady pirates. Mm-hmm. Arr. So anyway... Um, so this guy gets it, and he's like, oh, crap, there's a gear on the side of it. This is kind of cool. So the gadget, which was found as a single lump and then fragmented into three primary components that are now divided into 82 individual shards following conservation efforts. Is that the word you were looking for earlier? Conservation. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> I, it was the freaking first paragraph. Yeah, yeah. We were sitting there earlier going through the notes and stuff, and he's like, what's that called? 
We're both just idiots. So yeah, yeah anyway. So uh, it was contained um, in the remnants of a wooden box that measured 34 centimeters by 18 centimeters by 9 centimeters. Pretty big box. Which is 13, uh, almost 13 and a half inches mm-hmm. by a little over 7 inches mm-hmm. by almost 3 inches. Mm-hmm. Right. It's pretty big. It's good, right? It's Right. Yeah. This is 13 inches, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While several of these shards have inscriptions on them, four of them have actual gears. The biggest gear has 223 teeth and is around 13 centimeters in diameter. Okay, that's a lot of teeth. Yeah. Um, using contemporary computer x-ray uh, tomography. Very good. All right. And high-resolution surface uh, scanning, a team at Cardiff University led by Mike Edmonds and Tony Freeth was able to image inside fragments of the crust-encased mechanism in 2008 and decipher the faintest writing that had once been inscribed on the machine's outer casing. So... This is a one-of-a-kind thing. Yeah. There's nothing else like this that exists. So far that we've known. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying that we've found. Yeah, yeah, Right. And this is, we're talking centuries and centuries yeah. old. This is, yeah. Like, the, the dating on this doesn't even make sense. Like, they it, like, ranged from, like, 200 BC to, like, 180. Like, it's just, like, around that, like, there was nothing else even around that time that could even it's nuts. come close. It's nuts. And this is, like, super advanced, too, for that time period. Yeah. Which is why everyone out there is like, it's ancient aliens, dude. Dude, it's from the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this shows that it contained 37 bronze meshing gears that allowed it to mimic the moon's erratic orbit. Oh, it's erratic now. It is, it's erotic. Yeah. It's up there like, I'm the moon, baby. <laughs> you want me to turn them lights off? <laughs> <laughs> so where the moon's velocity is actually higher in its uh, perigree than its apogee. Yes. Okay. Those are is, like the points of the um, the uh, the orbit itself. So correct. Like the high point and the low point. Which is what uh, I, I was talking about this, I think, just last time on the, the show so. or whatever, that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson says that, that they're really, the water isn't re- uh, during low tide and high tide. It's not actually receding. It's because the way the moon goes around, it actually stretches the earth. Yeah. Which well, is, it stretches the the, oh, the water surrounding the earth. Right. Which yeah. just blew my mind. Yeah, I know. When you do, seeing that diagram of him actually describing it, I'm like, oh, that actually makes I would sense love now. to get super baked with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, he did it once with Joe Rogan, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. He I got. I got. I got to listen to Joe Rogan. He got I've super honestly never listened to with him. Really, dude. He like, and it was crazy too. Like seeing like how like cool and calm he can be even under the influence. And then Joe Rogan's just like kind of smart and talking to him. I'm like, oh, nice. And then you you know Neil deGrasse Tyson just wow. He'd be talking to me, and I'd be like, just because I don't really smoke a yeah. lot at all, and I'd just be sitting there like, oh, <laughs> you're smart. In my head, you hear, because that's pretty much what happens. So anyway, it follows the motions of the moon and sun across the zodiac and anticipates eclipses. Okay, so like when that's an eclipse is going to come. I mean, think about that. It's crazy. Yeah. So astronomer uh, Hipparchus of sure. Rhodes uh, researched this notion in the second century BC, and it is possible that he was consulted when building the device. The second century BC—that's <laughs> that's so <laughs> ah, that was last year, right? Yeah, it was yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah. It is believed that a piece of the system, which uh, also determined the locations of the five classical planets, is missing. Classical pla- planets. So, so like only- Bach, Beethoven. Uh, Debussy. Debussy. Yeah. You never finish on the back. You always finish on Debussy. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Okay. So what are the five classical planets? Um, If I'm not mistaken, it's Venus, uh, Mercury, Mars, and... No. Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Uranus. Oh, you got him. Uh, I don't even know why I said that. I don't know. So anyway, he was just saying that uh, those were actually missing. Correct. Yeah. Okay. 
So the device has been variously dated to uh, to between 150 and 100 BC or uh, 205 BC. Yeah. So it's still in that same ballpark, which is crazy. Pretty much, yeah. And it's thought to have been devised and built by Greek scientists. Those Grecians. Yeah. So smart. Not all of them are philosophers, man. Some of them are actually smart. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I went there. Jeez. Mm. In any event, it had to have been built prior to the shipwreck, obviously, which has been dated to around 70 to 60 BC by many lines of evidence. So they probably did a bunch of... Um, probably use it a lot. The carbon dating and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Probably were like, oh, shit, this thing's been on here for a minute. Mm-hmm. Researchers suggested in 2022, that's just this year, that the machine's initial calibration date, rather than the actual date of manufacture, would have been December 23rd, 178 BC. That's the day that they think it was done. That is nuts! Mm-hmm. But it's crazy, though, that it took them this long. Like, when we found it originally... It took them that long to be able to figure out when it was made, first of all, and second of all, being able to get to look nice and new again. Shiny. Which we'll post pictures for all this oh, stuff, yeah, too. For sure. Because, um, honestly, it's the word itself confuses me. So. <laughs> so some academics disagree, arguing that the calibration date should be 204 B.C., which, I mean, I, at that point, I feel like it's you're kind of... splitting hairs. Yeah, that's what, what, not even 30 years. You're like 20, 28 years. You're like, so long ago, and you're like, no, 28 years is a big deal. That is a big deal. Up to the astronomical clocks of Richard of Wallingford and Giovanni de Dandi in the 14th century, comparable complicated machines had not been seen. In other words, they didn't see any of them shits. Nope. And these are like smart dudes. The National Archaeological Museum in Athens currently has all of the Antikythera mechanism's fragments as well as a variety of reproductions and artistic reconstructions that show how it would have appeared and operated, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, even people like, um, there was like, trying to, there uh, people and scientists, I guess, that were trying to reconstruct the actual Antikythera mechanism themselves mm-hmm. to see if they could have done it with the then technology, and they were just, like, baffled by how they were able to, one, come up with the math behind it, and two, being able to actually use it for the purposes that they think it would, was used for. And see, this is, again, like, uh, when people talk about, like, ancient aliens and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And again, I don't know, because, obviously, I wasn't around. I haven't met them. It, there's never been any proof that they don't exist, so therefore, sure. I have to at least keep a margin of that. You know, in my head. Yep. Um, however, I think that we we as a as a race as a human people. Okay, I'm not a race. You know, what I'm talking, the human race yeah. is what I meant. Yeah. Um, people tend to negate the um, the aptitude of the human brain. hundred percent. And what people are able to actually come. I mean, think about everything you use on a daily basis. Some nerd somewhere came up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, your phone, your little computer that's in your pocket that pretty much does everything. Yeah, just somebody yeah. came up with that. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So to me, going back this far, to it just goes to show that they were they were a hell of a lot smarter and more advanced than than well we anyone else. You know, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So during the first voyage with the Hellenic mm-hmm. Royal Navy in 1900-1901, Captain Dimitrios Kantos, that sounds very, very Greek, uh, and a crew of uh, sponge divers from Simi Island found the Antikythera shipwreck off Point uh, <laughs> Glyphadia on the Greek island of Antif- Antikythera. Damn that word. There's a lot of words in this. <laughs> antic, 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 antic. Um, at a depth of about 45 meters, or 148 feet for us dummies. Mm-hmm. A Roman cargo ship... Uh, wreck was discovered so that's what it was, it was in a roman cargo ship that's what they're thinking yeah that's awesome the crew found various huge items including the mechanism ceramics special glassware jewelry bronze and marble statues and more yeah. in 1901 most likely that uh, that july of 1901 the mechanism was pulled from the rubble the mechanism's origins remain unknown however it has been speculated that it was transported from Rhodes to rome 
along with other seized goods to assist a triumphant procession uh, procession, excuse me, that Julius Caesar was staging. Et tu brute. Caesar! I need a salad. <laughs> I am a great man, and one day you will enjoy a salad named after me. And an extra month. Yes, that's right. And that salad will have anchovy paste in it. Oh. And you will not enjoy it. Anyway. I, yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, I don't know. I, it, they're okay. I, I don't like mind Caesar Caesar. salads, but yeah, they're okay. knowing what they're made of, I'm just like... Salads are just boring. I see. I can, I can smash a salad. I can't. Mm. Lettuce does not work for I, my I didn't system. say didn't, didn't do that same thing to me. Yeah, but says the guy who ate ice cream yesterday. And, and I had a salad prior to that. That's why in the beginning, mm-hmm. I was doing a... Oh, yeah. Because that's what I sounded yeah. like all night last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The National Museum of Archaeology in Athens received all the salvaged debris pieces for storage and examination. The museum personnel spent two years assembling more visible artifacts like the sculptures, but the mechanism, which looked like a mass of tarnished brass and wood, remained unseen. Now, if you guys, and we'll post the pictures up there too so you guys can see what they look like. It literally, it just looked like a big mass of just crap. Yeah. Just a big old crap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the mechanism underwent deformational modifications as a result of not treating it after removal from salt water. Well, that wasn't very smart. Yeah. Well, they, they probably didn't know. 1901. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. To, uh, what is it, 150 BC, we're going to make ourselves a mechanism that can actually di- dictate the astronomical and astrological things. 1901. I don't know what to do with this thing. <laughs> Should just put it up there with the rest of it. Put it on you know, the shelf. That's, that's, right. that's where we came from. Yeah. So archaeologist uh, Valero Stace, Stace, whatever, discovered a gear wheel lodged in one of the rocks on May 17th, 1902, like we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Although most experts judged the object to be uh, proconistic. Yes. Okay. And too complicated to have been created during the same era as the other components that had been unearthed. He originally thought it was an astronomical clock. And that's what I actually thought when I first heard this whole story. Yeah. Um, years ago. Um, I heard it was a clock or some sort of clock, you know, a timepiece. A timepiece. Yeah. Mm. Before British science uh, historian and Yale University professor Derek J. de Sola Price <laughs> developed an interest in the object in 1951, investigations into the object were abandoned. They said, eh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. 50 years it sat on a shelf. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just mind-boggling. Because I don't think they, they, they didn't know what the hell it was. I know, but... You know? And they obviously didn't try to preserve the damn thing. No, but they would rather take care of the statues that were made because they're like, oh, that's a that's a person. We're going to make sure that stays nice and beautiful and supple. Right, Well, because they looked at it and were like, that's a statue. <laughs> we can do something with that, right? And they're like, what about this thing over here? That's a big hunk of shit. <laughs> no, that's a big pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do with that. So the 82 pieces were photographed using X-ray and gamma ray technology in 1971, and Greek nuclear researcher... Caralampos Caracalos helped out Price here with it. And in 1974, Price issued a 70-page report summarizing their findings. Yeah. In 2012 and 2015, two more searches at the Antikythera wreck site turned up artifacts and another ship that may or may not be related to the treasure ship on which the mechanism was discovered. A bronze disc uh, decorated with a bull's head was also discovered uh, discovered on here. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Some speculated that the disc, which has four ears with holes in them, may have served as a cogwheel in the Antikythera mechanism. There doesn't seem to be any proof that this was a component of the mechanism. It's more probable that the disc was a bronze ornament on some furniture. It would be amazing if that little thing with the, the, the bull head on it. Yeah. It's like the Goonies when they had the thing and they had yeah. to, you know what I mean, had to take it out there because it was the balloon with the holes in it that yep. matched up. Yeah. It's amazing. We opened up the little passageway. Yeah. God, I love that movie. Mm. The earliest, you've seen that, right? The Goonies? Yes. 
All right. God. We were about to pause this and watch it and come back. The earliest analog computer is typically referred to as the Antikythera mechanism. The production of the device must have had undiscovered ancestors throughout the Hellenistic era based on its quality and intricacy. It is believed to have been erected either in the late 2nd century BC or the early 1st century BC, and its construction was based on mathematical and astronomical ideas created by Greek scientists during the 2nd century BC. Okay, now we've got that. We know. 100%. Right? Are you sure? 2nd century. Meh. Shit's very intricate. Very. 1901. Mm-hmm. Idiots. <laughs> okay, that's where we're at right now. Since they recognized the calendar on the Metonic spiral as or, uh, originating from Corinth, or one of its colonies in northwest Greece or Sicily, further investigation by the Antikythera Mechanism Research Project in 2008 showed that the idea for the mechanism may have originated in the colonies of Corinth. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and Corinth was like not a very advanced time or, I guess, population at the time, too. So that's where they're like trying to think it goes that way, and then they're like, well, maybe not. Maybe they weren't that smart. It'd be great if they found them like one of the moons of Endor or something like that. I'd be a lot happier about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I did start watching um, Kenobi. Yeah, mm. I think I'm on three or four now. Oh god, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, Darth Vader is kind of a badass. Oh, god. Like you it. don't even understand how much of a badass Darth Vader is. Like in the comics and then the video games and then him taking on apprentices and stuff like are, that. Are you trying Sorry. to tell me that I don't know about <clears throat> don't. any of that Mm-mm. stuff? Mm-mm. Boy, Mm-mm. I am. Almost twice your age. Almost. Almost, yes. <laughs> almost. So uh, the Antikythera Mechanism Research Initiative contended in 2008 that Syracuse, uh, Syracuse could suggest a relationship with the school of Archimedes because it was a Corinthian colony and the home of Archimedes. Yes. Okay. In 2017, it was shown that the Metonic Spirals calendar is of the Corinthian type and cannot be a Syracuse calendar. I explain all this later on. Okay. Because we get really into it. Good. I'm, I'm told you, you guys better be drinking right now. Yeah. Because I am. Because you're going to need it for all this. I'm going to need me another Metonic, yeah. please. Because your brain is, uh, we, we, you know, we, we do this quite often. Yeah, oh, yeah. You just every now and then we'll do something that's super nerdy and makes your brain hurt. Dude. Like we did the DSM-5. Mm-hmm. Hollowed yeah. Earth. Hollowed Earth. That was nuts. You know what I mean? We do we do this so you guys get it. Yeah. And, you know, just make sure you're, you're following along. We'll try to make it as funny and entertaining as possible. Right? Yeah. I mean... Try. I, I'm laughing at you. So. All right, well, thanks. <laughs> Another idea postulates that the device's origin may have come from the ancient Greek city of Perg- uh, Pergamon. Pergamon, Pergamon which I believe is a spice. No, that's 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 tarragon. No, it's not. <laughs> site, uh, which is the site of the library of Pergamum, and claims that coins discovered by Jacques Cousteau, you know who he is, right? Jacques Cousteau. Famous re- researcher dude that dived all the time, right? Oh, yes. So anyway, the uh, Jacquesto he found it at the wreck uh, site in the 1970s, correspond to the time of the device's creation. It was uh, second in significance to the Library of Alexandria during the uh, Hellenistic era, due to its extensive collection of art and scientific scrolls. So you, they were so advanced back then, dude. Dude, it doesn't even make sense to like how how the we were so advanced way back then, and then all of a sudden we just we discovered alcohol and everything just went. We didn't do nothing for like thousands of years. Oh, they've had alcohol. I know, but alcohol's like, been around for a minute. I know, but it, like it is it's not mind, just man. that, and that that it also lends to a um, the um, the argument that a lot of the people who do believe in like ancient aliens and stuff like that they believe that okay, well then why did we just crescendo? How come we haven't come up with anything crazy and new like that? Right? Who's to say we haven't yet? And maybe it's just not out. You yeah, know what I mean? True. I mean, look at these people that keep trying to make water cars and dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, they need to stop suiciding themselves. <laughs> maybe they're like, 
Yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone about this. <laughs> I'm going to keep this to myself. <laughs> Do me a favor. Throw that away. Thanks. <laughs> so a theory that the gadget was built in an academy established by Stoic philosopher Poseidonus on that Greek island is supported by the discovery of Rhodian-style vases aboard the ship that carried the object. Hipparchus, an astronomer active uh, from around 14, uh, one, excuse me, 140 BC to 120 BC, lived at Rhodes, which was a bustle, uh, bustling, bustling <laughs> commercial por- uh, port and a center for astronomy and mechanical engineering. This is huge back then. Yes. Right? This is a big, big deal. This is where all the smart people were. Well, yeah. Right? They weren't anywhere else in the world. And nobody could tell them they were full of shit because they didn't know any better. True <laughs> you that. know what I mean? True that. The guy's like, I'm going to create this thing. What does it do? Well, I can't tell out. I can't tell you. <laughs> Why? Because I personally don't know myself. But it, uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so Hipparchus's uh, hypothesis of the motion of the moon is used by the mechanism, raising uh, the likelihood that he may have developed it or, or for the very uh, least, worked on it. Right. You know, Like we said earlier, that he was at least, they believe... Uh, they at least talk to him about it. Correct. Yeah. Suggestions on how to build it. Right now, they're just trying to figure out who exactly developed this mechanism and possibly what it was used for. So right now, it's just all theories, and they're like speculating. Well, this guy was alive this time because this guy was smart and documented his research, so he had to be the one that did it. And then somebody else was like, "No." What if it's like a countdown clock? Oh, when the aliens do come to oh, get us, that'd be kind of. Cool. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's probably not. But <laughs> so the island of Rhodes is situated between the latitudes of three uh, thirty-five eighty-five, or 30, excuse me, thirty-five point eight five and thirty-six point five zero degrees north. It has lately been proposed that the ast- astronomical events on the huh, parape- <laughs> the parapegma yeah. of the Antikythera mechanism operate uh, best for latitudes in the range of thirty-three point three to thirty-seven degrees north. Now, this is kind of crucial to understand, though, because they only really knew what the world looked like from this perspective. So, this mechanism is the reason why it was so damn near exact was because they were using it at this point on the earth. If you go anywhere else with it, it doesn't correlate with anything. Earth. 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 Mother Earth. (laughs) Mother Earth. So, they didn't know the earth was round at this time, did they? Mm, there's speculations that say that they did. Mm. Mm. I thought that was uh, our boy uh, Christopher Columbus. Did wasn't he the one that like sailed the ocean blue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, that's what he did. Yeah. Also brought yeah. AIDS. But anyways, yeah. 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 Do you ever hear the uh, the the story that uh, I think it was him that uh, he was um, fucking he, llamas? No, uh, they're manatees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, like he said they were mermaids because he'd never seen them before, and he's like actually like getting banging on manatees. Yeah, that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. A little bit. Ugh. Yeah. So according to a research published in 2014 by Carmen and Evans, the Ceres Dials startup date corresponds to the astronomical lunar month that started soon after the new moon on April 28th, 205 BC, not 2000. God, I'm getting hyped up. <laughs> this suggests a revised dating of about 200 BC. Okay. Okay. Carmen and Evans claim that the Babylonian arith- uh, arithmetic style, oh my God, <laughs> style of prediction suits the device's pre- uh, predictive models uh, considerably better than that of the conventional Greek <laughs> trigonometric. Tri- I said that, yeah, yeah. You did, yeah. Approach does. Okay, so they're, they're trigonometric, so I guess based on trigonometry, yeah. right? According to a 2017 study by Paul Everson, I'm an idiot, 
So there, <laughs> there you go. No, he actually said the device's prototype originated in Rhodes, but this particular model was modified for a customer from Epirus uh, mm-hmm. in northwest Greece. So it was made for someone? That's what they're thinking now, that, because why else would you be transporting it from one location to another, and it's such a bustling port that that's where their shipment of goods oh, and stuff so was built in. for somebody. That's what they're thinking. Mm. That's, yeah, it all comes together. Until they find out it's like the first atom bomb or something. God, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> Makes sense why the yeah, yeah. Aztecs and Mayans aren't here no more. <laughs> you think that did it? Dude, you ever saw that? Dude, so there was this whole, like, I don't know if it was Natural Geographic or Discovery documentary about how the Aztecs and the Mayans are no longer around, and it was because of an atomic warfare. It wiped them all out. What? Yeah, you got to watch that, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Aliens, man. It's always aliens. I don't know about all that. <laughs> so Iverson contends that the device was likely built no earlier than a generation before the shipwreck, a date that is also supported by Jones. Okay. In an effort to learn more about the mechanism, further dives were made in 2014 and 2015. In a five-year investigative uh, program that started in 2014 and finished in October of 2019, so not too long ago, mm-hmm. was followed by a second five-year session that began d- just two years ago yeah. in May of uh, 2020. That means they're still working on stuff, and we'll find out more information as it comes out, too. That's awesome. I know. Because oh. imagine finding more than just one of these mechanisms. Imagine if they found Nemo. Dude, I've been looking for him. I know. Everybody has. It's, been, it's weird. It is yeah. really weird. The original mechanism probably came in one encrusted piece from the Mediterranean. It broke into three main parts shortly after that. In the meanwhile, more little fragments have come loose from handling and cleaning, and the Cousteau uh, expedition discovered other fragments on the ocean floor. Fragment F was found in, the, uh, in this fashion in uh, 2005, suggesting that other fragments may still remain in storage, undetected since their first retrieval. So they don't even know what they have. No, they don't. They just put uh, letters and numbers to these fragments and say this is what we think it is because this one is bigger than this one, so this one has to be used mainly. And then, yeah, it's there's a whole lot of diagrams with it, and I'm not a very um, a diagrammatic person. I, I can't even say that word, so don't worry <laughs> about it. No, but um, so let me ask a question. Yeah. So they can... <clears throat> find a fossil correct and they could put the whole damn thing together and they could tell you what that creature was what it looked like pretty much what it ate all these things but they can't put this thing together and it's been like this long yeah well they still think that dinosaurs you know were like skin tight and had no fat on them and have you you seen the 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 penguin model for dinosaurs Mm -mm. oh it's fucking hilarious you ever seen a a bison's um uh, skeletal structure it just looks like a horse. Yeah. But it, they're like super freaking thick all yeah. the way around. Yeah. Because they know penguins. Penguins are literally just a small little body and a really, 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 really long neck. Mm-hmm. But they're like super thick. Oh, yeah. I have around. seen that. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think now they're starting to speculate that dinosaurs were kind of along the same lines depending on where they were living in. And isn't there something else that just came out not too long ago that they were saying that more and more dinosaurs probably had feathers? Mm hmm. Yeah, they've been. They've also been saying that for the longest time because they're trying to correlate dinosaurs to nowadays birds because they share the same bone structure, hollow right. bone structures, pelvis, all that stuff. Right. Anytime you want to get into paleontology, that's my uh, cup of tea right there, bud. Maybe we'll do that some other time. <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the mechanism and inscriptions are found on seven of the eighty-two known fragments, which are also mechanically noteworthy. Additionally, 16 smaller components include inscriptions that are illegible and fragmentary. So, in other words, they got little writing on it, but they can't read what the hell it is. Yeah. Oh, but some, some of it they can, though, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's got to be just so, like, damn it! I know. <laughs> so, they're, like, trying to assume portions of it to, to try and, obviously, co-align that with what they want it to be. But, I, again, I still think it's it's alien tech and it's an atom bomb. Oh, boy. Yeah, Hold on. Boy. I need another drink. Hopefully you guys are drinking as well out there. Right, uh, 
and we're talking about some wild and wacky stuff here on the midnight tree it yeah. is uh yeah. yeah it's cool it's very intriguing yeah, it at least to me because again i'm a dork and i love this kind of stuff so uh, the 12 zodiological uh, signs are divided into equal 30-degree sectors on a fixed ring dial that represents the ecliptic on the uh, mechanism's front face. Okay, so when you're looking at it, that's what it looks like on the front. Yep. Right? So you got the zodiological. So you ever seen, uh, uh, was it Laura Croft, Tomb Raider? The, the movie with Angelina Jolie? Mm-hmm. So the way that I kind of think of the way that this mechanism looks like in my mind is that little medallion that she used in that movie when she was trying to basically set up the same zodiological, you know, like when they were trying to go back in time and shit like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that yeah. piece that they used, that little bronze piece that they put in the wall and turned it and it was right. like shining lights through. That's yeah. what I think this thing looked like. Because that was a looked like a clock piece. And it had the zodiological signs on it and they were trying to formulate that with, you know, the moon and the sun and the earth and... Earth. Earth, right, yeah. Even though the borders of the constellations were arbitrary at this time, this was consistent with the Babylonian practice of allocating an equal portion of the ecliptic to each zodiac sign, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, like, the moon. Yes. And the way that the, it goes is aligned with the zodiac. It's all dependent on the angle of the dangle. <sighs> Which is, uh, from what I hear, it's all about the heat of the meat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saying. So the Greek alphabetized versions. Um, oh, actually, I missed a part. Uh, so the uh, the Sothic Egyptian calendar, which has twelve months of thirty days plus five intercalary. <laughs> so what that means is that so it's, it's got like five days that are just randomly thrown in there. So the five days—that's the end of their year. They did nothing but party for those five days. So they don't—they're not—they don't count that. So they have three hundred sixty days in their year, according to the Egyptian calendar, the Sothic calendar, or whatever. Um, and those last five days were just party days that's the celebrate the end of the year onto the next one didn't they do with like a bunch of orgies and shit like that too I weren't mean, they like very very sexual yeah, like a little bit. Yeah. yeah they were getting down i mean when you're so smart man you gotta I enjoy guess. your body <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so it is uh mar- marked off with a rotating ring that is located outside that dial right okay which is kind of cool that that's how they kind of set it all up. Which, by the, did you hear that uh, they're getting rid of uh, daylight saving time? Yes, thank yeah. you. Because we're, I think, what one of like three or four countries. I in the don't world even know how many do it. And even one of our states never followed. It's it. so dumb. Yeah, it's so dumb. I'm tired of losing hours and like I lose enough hours from all my drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't true. need them adding to it for yeah, me. Yeah, and we're not just, farmers anymore. Right, so that's true. We're drinkers now. That's right. Yeah, and even them, they can tell what's going on. You know what I mean? True. Like they have phones, right? Yeah. I mean, Dad's got one. kind of so the greek alphabetized versions of the egyptian names for the months uh, are used to identify those Mm -hmm. that we just talked about okay to align the egyptian calendar ring with the current zodiac points the first procedure is to spin it that's it right you can spin it you can spin it if you win it win it win it tailspin you ever watch tailspin when you were a kid was that one with like no disney with baloo the bear it was Baloo, the bear. He, was that what it was called? Was Tailspin? Tailspin. He, fl- he flew a, a plane. He yeah. Was a, yeah. They lived on a little island. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to think what his little, his little buddy was, the kid. It's a Kit. I think his name was Kit. Kit? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Awesome show. God. Yeah, I remember that. That and, uh, uh, what was it, uh, DuckTales? Oh, yeah. And then uh, Darkwing Duck. Darkwing was pretty cool. Yeah, it was all about that. I love that shit. Anyway, so due to the, God, we really do go <laughs> off on some tangents. Due to the Egyptian calendar's disregard for leap days, a whole zodiac sign would cycle through every 120 years. Long time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we, you know, we can't show you pictures here because, well, um, you wouldn't be able to see them but so we will try to describe them as best we can and we can also post them online correct right now we want you to visualize visualize. right the mechanism was turned by a now lost little hand crank that was connected to the biggest gear 
The four-spoked uh, four gear shown on the front of Fragment A. Gear B1 via a crown gear. Okay. You guys got all that? I'm kind of following. Okay. As a result, the date indicator on the front dial was shifted to the appropriate day of the Egyptian calendar. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Since this of the year cannot be changed, it is necessary to know the year that is currently in use. Right. So whenever when it, the thing was made, mm-hmm. like they had to know what that year was. Correct, yeah. And then you could just base everything else off around That's that. what they're thinking, yeah. Alternatively, since most calendar cycles are not synchronized with the year, the cycles indicated by the various calendar cycle indicators on the back can be found in the Babylonian yeah, ephemeris tables. For the day of the year that is currently in use, I have no idea what the, what is the ephemeris table. Uh, ta- what ta- I can't even say it. The ephemeris table. The, it sounds like a table made of bones. So it's uh so Get it depending. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's not that funny. Anyways, Jeez, fucker. <laughs> um, so depending on the um like where they one resided and two what they believed their calendar was to work on because every portion every portion every portion of the world apparently had their own different calendar and what they kind of followed depending on what they believed. Um, so the ephemeral table is a similar thing. Um, hold on, I'll tell you here in a second. Okay. I don't know why I didn't put it in there. Well, if the mechanism were in good operating order, the crank would easily be able to strike a certain day on the dial because it moves the date marker around 78 days each full rotation. Okay. Mm-hmm. The mechanism's interlocking gears would all revolve as the hand crank was turned, allowing for the simultaneous determination of the sun's and moon's positions, the moon's phase, the timing of an eclipse, the calendar cycle, and maybe the positions of planets. That's insane. Right? It gets it is crazy. It gets even crazier. Oh, boy. Yeah. What does it have, like a wiener that pops out of it? No. Oh. I don't want to ruin it because it, I, I was mind blown oh. by it. So, oh, all right. Yeah, you got to find out. The position of the spiral dial point uh, pointers on the two huge dials on the rear had to be observed by the operator as well. So multiple people had to like operate it. Co- operate this thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. As the dials included four and five complete rotations of the pointers, the pointer had a follower that followed this spiral incisions in the metal. Before continuing, a pointer's uh, follower had to be manually shifted to the opposite end of the spiral after reaching the terminal month place at uh, month place at either end of the spiral. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So that seems like, intricate. As it's super. Well, I mean, you get to think about it. There's 82 parts that they have found, but they're still missing pieces to it. And every single piece had its own gear that turned and rotated around. Like, dude, this thing is just like one of the most complex things. Like, it's too complex. What if it was just like a jack in a box? Oh, like a little piano thing, you know? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean? That was a good uh, little yeah, boing sound. Thing, yeah. thing, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. So, two circular uh, concentric scales may be seen on the front dial. The Greek zodiac signs are uh, denoted on the inner scale, which is divided into degrees. Mm -hmm. A series of similar holes underneath the movable ring that rests flush with the surface and runs in a channel that makes up the outer scale are marked off with what appears to be days. But again, they had, like you were saying earlier, their calendars are all different, so they're, they're, they're... speculating. Correct. It's all speculation, because at this point, it could just be telling you when the next orgy was. Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> be amazing freaking uh what was that what is that guy's name oh hold on the the dude that ah uh, caligula it'd be hilarious if like caligula oh, ordered yeah, that yeah, yeah. he's like hey, listen i like to get down can you make me a clock so the uh to go back earlier the ephemeris table mm-hmm. um it is just a table so it's a bunch of numbers in trajectories or just not like a dining room table correct no okay it's like an actual like uh like a like a graph almost okay that kind of discussed the trajectories of um, astronomical objects. 
That's basically what it was basically devised for. So and every device that kind of use it has their own ephemeris table. So oh. it just depends on where you're at and what you're located in and what you're looking for for that object you're following. Okay. Yeah. 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 So this outer ring now we're talking going on here has been thought to uh, symbolize the 365-day Egyptian calendar ever since the mechanism was discovered. But new study contradicts this assumption and suggests it is really divided into 354 intervals. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The Sothic and um, Calypic yep. cycles had previously pointed to a 365, 14-day solar year. So a lot of this has to go back to the zodiac signs. They kind of align the zodiac um, uh, years, like 120, 265. There's one that does like every 79 years, a new zodiac kind of comes through. It's just your placement on Earth with the other planets in the known system. Hmm. That's what okay. they kind of devise their zodiac. Well, this was uh, apparently evidenced in uh, in Ptolemy III's proposed calendar reform of 238 B.C. Mm-hmm. He sounds like a swell guy. Yeah. If one accepts the 365-day uh, presupposition here that, you know, that's what it was, mm-hmm. it is acknowledged that the mechanism predates the Julian calendar reform. So it has to be before that reform from Ptolemy III. Correct. Right. So in other words, it has to be before 238. Mm-hmm. Okay. The dials aren't thought to represent his intended leap day, but by rotating the scale back one day every four years, the outer calendar dial may be adjusted against the inner dial to account for the effect of the extra quarter day in the solar year. For them to be able to even, like, know that. I had a headache before. <laughs> and I found it. And I'm just, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's going well right now. I see it's kind of growing a little bit. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> it's my head right now. <laughs> No, but anyway, go ahead. What were you saying? Um, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the ring is most likely uh, seen as a manifestation of a 354-day lunar calendar if one accepts the 354-day uh, evidence. It is perhaps the first instance of the Egyptian civil-based lunar calendar postulated by Richard Anthony Parker in 1950, given the age of the mechanism's putative manufacturer and the existence of Egyptian month names. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Yeah, I put a lot of big words in here, so that way I, I seem smart. Yeah, a bunch of fucking nerds working on this <laughs> shit. The lunar calendar was intended to act as a daily indicator of succeeding lunations and to aid in the understanding of the metonic, which is the moon phases, you know, return at the same time of every year, almost precisely 19 years during the metonic cycle. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. Although the recurrence is imperfect, careful examination shows that the metonic cycle, which is defined as 235 synodic uh, months... Mm-hmm is only 2 hours, 4 minutes and 58 seconds longer than a 19 tropical the 19 tropical years. Right. What? <laughs> <laughs> so basically what they're saying is that Yeah, please with, break that shit down. With the metonic cycle, it is their own derived um uh, cycle for the um for the moon phases because everything is based off of they're trying to say that this is used for the eclipses. They're trying to figure out when the next eclipse is. Back then, I don't know what they really cared about when it came to the eclipses, but they, because, dude, Bonnie Tyler would never have a song if it wasn't for that total eclipse of the heart. Maybe that's where that came from. Turn around, bright eye. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what they're all trying to figure out is is depending on their um, their ideals. Does it work with when the next eclipse is going to be coming through and when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, what it's going to look like, and how it's going to affect them? So ultimately, as far as what they're trying to figure out here is that they, whoever made this was really into the whole eclipse thing. Correct. Like it was very important. Correct. Okay. So in the 5th century BC, uh, Maton of Athens determined that the cycle was exactly, oh my God, 6,940 days long. Mm-hmm. 
The creation of a lunar solar calendar is made easier by using these full integers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the and, next one. Huh? The next one's fun. And Saros. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Saros, or Saros, the Saros, which may be used to forecast solar and lunar eclipses, is a period of exactly 223 synodic ah, syn- <laughs> months or around. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 6,585.3211 days or 18 years, 10, uh, 10, 11, or 12 days, depending on how many leap years there are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so I had to be so exact with this, with these numbers and stuff, because a lot of this just doesn't make sense with how, one, they would know any of this stuff and be able to keep track of it, and two, why we think that they would know that. All right. How about this? Real fast. Yeah. Uh, passengers, poopers, beautiful people. Um, All beautiful people. They found something in the water. They don't really know what it is. And I love you. Bye. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Come on. We got to we gotta figure this thing out, right? I, it's extremely interesting, especially considering that they're trying to figure this out so long ago in so many different calendars and civilizations and so many things were prominent in those those times, you know? So it's, it's super cool. The biggest portion of that, though, is that there's literally, like, minimal documentation of this device. There's no records really of anyone who's used anything like this for any purposes. It's the only one, right? It's literally the only one that they can that they found, and but there's nothing that correlates that to why they used it or what they were used for. And they're like I said, there's nothing written down or documented anywhere within their civilization that, of records that show this at all. See, that's odd too that there was no kind of like recording of it. You know what right. I mean? Right. And you would think in like a big bustling port, you would have that written down on something that says like, "Hey, we're transporting this over." So now we're kind of thinking, man, is this a secret thing? Why isn't there anything written down on it? Were there any Clintons around back then? No, but Illuminati was present. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm kidding about the Clintons. <laughs> Not really. So, in what is known as an eclipse cycle, the sun, earth, and moon return to about the same relative geometry, mm-hmm. a nearly straight line, one sorrows time after an eclipse. And a nearly similar eclipse will take place. All right? Mm-hmm. A Saros is a Saros's lower half. So that's the pendulum. A Sar is a Saros's lower half. A Sar is a Saros's lower half. So that's just the oh. point of where the Earth, Moon, and Sun kind of line up at. Mm-hmm. The Sar is the lower portion of it. So what is on this back end if Earth is your focal point? So, like, what's behind us? Correct. Is it the Earth? Or, sorry, is it the Sun or is it the Moon? You know what I mean? Like, what, are we in the lunar eclipse, solar eclipse? Which portion of that is it? Ah. Yeah. Are we the back end? You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Well, the, so... Yeah, all right. So unknown gearing is assumed to move a uh, pointer across unknown gearing. That's so funny. Uh, to move a pointer across the scale in synchrony, so synchronous at the same time, <laughs> with the rest of the mechanism's metonic gearing. A one in 76 year calipic uh, cal- uh, cycle correct, uh, correction, and God, my mouth hates me, and practical lunar solar intercalculation were made possible by the movement and registration of the ring with respect to the underlying holes. Mm, a lot of holes. Fucking shit. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Can we just go back to murder? <laughs> my God. Murder is easy. Oh. Mathematics makes my head hurt. Yeah, this is insane. And people did this on a daily basis back then and thought it was fun. They drink their wine, eat their lamb, and go about their day and, you know, make math. Uh, dicks. Yeah. Pythagoras was around this time, too. Yeah? Yeah. Fuck um, him, too. Yeah. Fu- yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Pyth- the Pythagorean theorem? Oh. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. I'm sorry, what? The, the formulation of the triangles? Oh, sure. No. <laughs> Do I look like I know math in any way, shape, Math is my favorite subject in school, man. I am a history nerd. I can handle it. Love science. Yeah. And I know everyone, math, math is part of science. Math, math is what I makes science. I get it. I get it. I get it. But, I just, but whatever. I don't like it. Yeah. So anyway, 
The dial also shows the sun's location on the ecliptic uh, in relation to the current year's date. Mm-hmm. The ecliptic serves as a useful reference for determining the locations of the moon, the five planets known to the Greeks, and other celestial bodies whose orbits are similar, similarly near to it. Yes. Right. So the locations of the bodies on the ecliptic were marked by at least two points. Well, yeah, it would have to be. Right. Right. The position of the moon was displayed by a lunar pointer. Okay. Well, the location of the, the mean sun? Yeah, there's a, a nice sun and a mean sun. Oh, yeah. Bad sun. <laughs> and the current date were also provided. Mean sun would mean like the, 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 the main, the, where, the indirect. Right. I got you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the moon position was the oldest known application of epicyclic. Ep- Thank you. Yeah. Gearing. Okay. So two gears positioned so that one gear center spins around the other center, making up an epicyclic gear train. Gear train. Yeah. Sometimes referred to as a planetary gear set. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. It makes sense, right? I like that. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. And it mimicked the acceleration and deceleration of the moon's uh, elliptical uh, orbit rather than being a simple mean moon indicator, because everyone likes the nice moon, that would signal movement uniformly across a circular orbit. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, passengers. Aren't you guys happy I'm back? Oh, my God. (laughs) So the system followed the Metonic calendar, anticipated solar eclipses, and computed the times of various uh, Panhellenic athletic competitions, including the ancient Olympic Games, according to recent research published in the journal Nature in July of 2008. Okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Especially coming from such... And back, so far back. Dude, I mean, and back then, the, the Olympic Games were like the, they, they were huge for them. They were huge. Yeah, I, I saw one of those. Uh, the, 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 the snowboarding's pretty cool mm-hmm. in that one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Shuffleboard. Yeah. yeah. No, that's my favorite one. Yeah, the shuffleboard. Like, come up the broom and just yeah. kind of like. Yeah, that's curling, isn't it? Is that, is that curling? Is it not curling? Oh, you're not curling. Curling. Oh, curling. Cur- I believe that's what it's called. Why are they curling things? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, it is. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Maybe my favorite portion of curling is when uh, what's her face, the uh, the 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 Hispanic uh, uh, maid comes out and starts cleaning it with Windex. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no 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 no! <laughs> so the names of the months on the instrument closely resemble those found on calendars from Epirus in northwest Greece and with Corfu, Corfu, which was formerly known as Corsaira. Okay, and to be honest. These could all be made up. I have no idea. Uh, I, I made up a lot of this article. Did you? Yeah. This. Uh, the. I would be so impressed if you did that. <laughs> Swear to God, I, you would get hey, such a high. I five. had to read like eight different freaking documents and theses and all this research crap, and I had to formulate and postulate this all onto a document for you guys to not understand. <laughs> oh my God. So okay, so now five dials are located on the rear of the mechanism. Okay? Correct. The metonic, which we discussed, right? Saros. Mm-hmm. And two smaller ones, the so-called Olympiad dial, recently renamed the Games dial since it did not track Olympiad years. Okay. The four-year cycle it closely matches is in the uh, Heliad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there's the Calypic. Correct. A certain approximate common multiple uh, of, multiple of the synodic month and the tropical year that was put out by Ka- uh, Calypus around 330 B.C. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's 330 B.C., so that doesn't... So that was when his ideal came out. So they're saying that the mechanism was using his idea for the um, the years and the, the months and stuff like that. Okay. It is a 76-year span that is an improvement over the Metonic Cycle's 19 years. Because everybody back then had a voice and wanted their idea to be right. So you had all these different guys back then, and these researchers now are trying to say that this was used for this, but this dial was used for this, so that they all collaborate together. So this was just one synonymous device that was able to be used with everyone's ideas. Kind of like now. 
Okay. Yeah. And then there's the eh, exoligamous, right? Yes. A time frame of 54 years, 33 days, over uh, which further eclipses with the same characteristics and position may be predicted. Correct. So this thing has all these different things on it. All of this. And there's more. Like I said, that they <sighs> still don't know what it's used for. Like they're just they're they're associating that back dial to be portion for the games because it's only thing that makes sense for every four years. What else happens every four years? Nothing really. Mm-hmm. Right, you know what I mean? So then? Yeah. So they're sort of like, hmm, maybe it was for the games. I don't know. Fuck if I know. Maybe it was like a, a, a trophy for somebody. That's what I'm gonna That may have won like the Olympics or something. You know what I mean? Someone just threw a bunch of shit together and said, that's what it's for. What if it <laughs> hold on a second. What if it none of it's supposed to actually work? What if it's just supposed to be a visual like thing? And we've got all these nerds going, no, it's gotta do it's the, the eclipses and stuff. And in reality, it's nothing. Well, I mean someone just took a hodgepodge of shit and put it together. It'd be funny if that were the actual That'd be case amazing. Because it would there's a lot of math that makes it work if that works. Yeah, the I case. guess that's true. So yeah. it's like weird. Yeah. yeah. Sure, just blow my theory out of the water. So both the front and rear doors of the wooden casing that houses the mechanism have inscriptions on them. The inscri- uh, instruction manual looks to be uh, behind the rear door of it, okay? And it says, quote, 76 years, 19 years is inscribed on one of its parts, denoting the calypic and metonic cycles. Right. Uh, 223 is inscribed for the sorrow cycle, also written on there. And another piece of it has the phrase, uh, quote, um, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Pretty much. On it. No. It says, uh, on the spiral subdivisions 235, which alludes to the metonic dial. So, like I said, there's every single part has something to do with somebody else's idea for a calendar for the eclipses, the zodiacs, like all this shit just hodgepodge together. This is how you open up demon portals. Okay? Uh. This. Because someone's going to go in there, get it all put together, and all of a sudden, click, 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 click. Oh, that's what happened to the dinosaurs. <laughs> you know what I mean? That makes sense. I mean, that we're fucking with shit we don't know that's is what it is. Maybe this is what depicted the fall of Rome. They mm. opened it all up. Oh. oh. That was, hold on. You get one. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. It's very, I mean, shit. We don't know, right? That's the thing. We don't know. We have no idea. No, we blame the fall of Rome on a woman. Ellen? <laughs> I had so many jokes, but I'm not going to do it because we have a lot of female listeners. And I love each and every one of you. All right? That was a... I held back. So the mechanism is exceptional due to the degree of miniature, miniaturization and the intricacy of its components, which is equivalent to that of astronomical clocks from the 14th century. Now we're talking the 14th century AD, not BC, because there was no centuries before BC, right? Correct. Right. So that's almost, what, 1,500 years? Yeah. After that, we actually have astronomical clocks that were made for keeping track of the placement of moons, planets, comets, satellites. So yeah, the, yeah, you're talking like way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Okay. So now I believe in time travel. Anyway, <laughs> so although mechanism specialist Michael Wright has argued that the Greeks of this era were capable of designing a system with many more gears, it includes at least thirty. So in right. other words, he's saying, listen, he's he's one of those guys like. Psh, yeah, they could do that. Yeah. Of course they could easy. do that. I've, <laughs> I could build that with my eyes closed. Right. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> Fuck out of here, you nerd. So whether the device contained uh, signs for each of the five planets known to the ancient Greeks is a subject of significant controversy, with the exception of one 63-toothed gear that is otherwise unaccounted for. Also, they're missing. that's the one they're missing. Right. So this that's, is, that's how you open up the demon portal. And that's what I was thinking, that this is a piece of a bigger computer, quote, quote. Quote unquote. So, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Are you saying that this, the mechanism itself, 
is it's just a piece of something. You you think that's a piece of something? Because there's pieces that are missing off of here, and that should interlock with another piece that could also have something else that correlates with it. Holy shit! Right now we're talking even smaller scale. Now we're going onto the Earth and talking about the Earth scales and all the different times and forecast. Maybe they were freaking predicting weather with this shit. You know what I mean? Oh my god, dude, this thing is fucking crazy. <laughs> right. See that this part of it, I love, but just we should have just left all that fucking nerd shit out. <laughs> because, I liked it <laughs> because I have my brain. I swear, if I hear one more number. Like, it's going to fall out of my ear. For real. Like, a seven's just going to go, you know what I mean? Right under the fucking... So, it is quite likely that the mechanism featured additional gearing that was either uh, removed before being placed on board the ship or lost in or after the shipwreck due to the enormous gap between the, the mean sun gear and the front of the box, as well as the size and mechanical characteristics on the mean sun gear. Right. So, in other words, yeah, this is a smaller component of something. It's got to be a smaller component of something. That is nuts. Uh, could they not just replicate that gear, that sixty-three tooth gear? They they they've tried doing stuff like that, but they don't know if what that would be used for. Like they don't know if it's part of another something or if it's just to be used in that. Oh, way. okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So numerous attempts to mimic what the Greeks of the time would have done uh, have been made as a result of the absence of evidence and the nature of the front section of the mechanism. And of course, various solutions have been pro- uh, proposed as a result of the lack of evidence. Of course, everyone's fucking. Oh yeah, look, Michael Wright, he's coming up on here now. <laughs> God, this guy. Oh, I believe the Greeks can do it. They could do anything they want. You know what? They built me. Damn it. I don't know. <laughs> so Michael Wright was the first to create a model that included a simulation of a feature planetarian system in a uh, in addition to the existing mechanism. He said that corrections for the deeper, more fundamental solar anomaly would have been undertaken in addition to the lunar anomaly, known as the first anomaly, mm-hmm. along with the well-known mean sun, or the present sun. That's the sun that's there now. Correct. What you can see. Currently. Yes. <laughs> lasers. <laughs> lasers. Got sharks with freaking lasers on their freaking heads. I love you, son. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Scotty Doat. <laughs> and lunar pointers. Um, he also provided pointers for this real sun, uh, and then uh, Mercury, uh, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, right? Yes. All right. So a solution that differs significantly from old fucking dickhead rights was published by Evans, Car- uh, Carmen? Carman. Carman? Carman. And Thorndike. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I feel bad for that guy's name. <laughs> Their suggestion focused on the uneven spacing of uh, uh, hold on, I'm sorry. Uneven spacing of uh, the letters of on the front of the clock face, which seemed to uh, to them to imply an off-center sun indication arrangement. Mm-hmm. Okay, by eliminating the requirement to in, uh, imitate the solar anomaly, this would simplify the mechanism. Okay. Additionally, they proposed that simple dials for each individual planet would display data such as significant planetary cycle events, initial and final appearances in the night sky, and apparent direction changes, rather than accurate planetary uh, indication which is rendered impossible by the offset inscription. So, oh, oh, that's crazy. Right. So in other words, like it's, they could, oh, okay, how do I even, so if it's direct mm-hmm. and to like whatever in perfectly in line, then you can kind of figure that up. But if it's actually off center a little bit. Right. That did, did someone just fuck up? That's what, that's what they're kind of either thinking that it's, now this is where like now, it comes on. to me. You made something <laughs> this fucking intricate and you're going to fuck up on that. Right. On the one little, I, I don't buy that. Nope. Yep. I don't buy that. There's, there's a reason for it. Compared to Wright's concept, this system would result in a far more straightforward gear system with significantly lower forces and complexity. So what these guys are saying... He's a party pooper. Yeah, these guys are saying that 
they weren't that smart. So Wright was like, oh man, these guys are fucking brilliant scientists, man. They're like way ahead of their time. These guys are like, nah, man, these guys are idiots. They, they, they went simple on it. This is what this is used for, but because they messed up here, it's not going to work for this now. But I mean, what's the whole Occam's razor thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know. Who am I? Anyway. <laughs> so after much investigation and labor, Freeth and Jones released their idea in 2012. They developed a concise and workable answer to the planetary indicator puzzle. They also suggest that the date pointer, which displays the mean position of the sun and the date on the month dial, be separated to display the solar anomaly. Okay, which basically the sun's apparent location in the zodiac dial. Right. If the two dials are properly synced, Wright's front panel display may be shown on the other dials as well. So now that point right there, being properly synced, is what brings me back to my, there had to have been another device to synchronize these. Because how else do you base something off of if it's just one dude like, oh, yeah, these have to be in line right here. And if that dude dies and doesn't write anything down on it, how the fuck are you know it's supposed to be right there? You know what I mean? Yeah. So there had to have been something else that positioned those two, basically what those were based off of, kind of like the atomic time. Like it's based off of the, the, the decay of neutronic fucking particles on, uh, what is it, uh, uh, cesium 238 or some shit like that? No? What? <laughs> I, I don't, man, listen. I just stroked out <laughs> during that whole thing that you just said. Like, I, my face feels like it's drooping. You heard, you heard numbers, and they just went. Exactly. I'm telling you, that's what happens every time. I'm like a fucking deer in headlights. Just you, you could literally be telling me the most important thing in the world. It wasn't ceiling; it was cobalt. Never mind. Whatever. Yeah. You should see me when I go to the doctor, mm -hmm. and they take my my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, it's seven fifty-five over eight fifty. I'm just like, that's fucking high. It's no, I don't. I'm not saying over. It. I don't know what that. I'm just making a hypothetical Damn, number. Do we need to be worried about you? Yeah, of course. <laughs> do I have to worry about me just overdosing on numbers here? So, however, unlike Wright's model, uh, this one is simply a 3D computer simulation that has not been physically constructed. Right. So they're okay. basically putting a bunch of numbers together and saying that this would have been what they would have done kind of thing. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. I know. So let's talk about some similar devices here. Cool. All right. Let's just get the fuck off this Antikythera thing for a second because, God. Anyway, a first century BC philosophical debate by Cicero de Republica. <laughs> Discusses two devices that some contemporary authors believe to, uh, to be some sort of planetarium or orrery. 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 Orro. <laughs> <laughs> Forecasting the motions of the sun, moon, and five planets known at the time. Now, he was around in 54 to 51 BC. Correct. So okay. this would have been 200 years after that this was supposedly made. The Antikythera mechanism. Supposedly. Supposedly. Right. Yes. So... After Archimedes, uh, his demise at the siege of Syracuse in 212 BC, the yeah. Roman commander Marcus Claudius Marcellus... Marcellus. Shut up. ...took both of them to Rome. Right. Okay? All right. One of these devices was the sole thing Marcellus um, preserved during the siege because of his admiration for Archimedes. All right? The second uh, was placed in the Temple of Virtue. The Temple of Virtue. Ooh. <laughs> Indiana Jones is hanging out right now. Oh. Yeah. That's not the Temple of Doom? No. Mm. Temple of Virtue. He's, yeah. you know, enjoying his time. Oh. Taking it nice and slow. He should. He works hard. He does. He does. Yeah. The instrument was kept as a family heirloom, and according to Phyllis, um, who was present during a conversation, um, Cicero Im imagined had taken place in, uh, oh my God, this name, Scipio Emilianus's Villa. <laughs> <laughs> Next one's even better. Yeah. In the year of 129 B.C., Gaius Sulpi, uh, Sulpuk. <laughs> Hold on. Gaius Sulpulcius Sulpul Gallus. Sulpulcius? 
Sulpicious. Some dude whose initials are GSG. <laughs> Who served as consul with Mar- uh, consul with uh, Marcellus's nephew in 166 BC and is credited by Pliny the Elder, by the way, a delicious beer, with being the first Roman to have written a book explaining solar and lunar eclipses, gave both a learned explanation and working demonstrations of the device. Okay, yes. So they got the two of these. Mm-hmm. One he kept. The other one he put in the Indiana Jones's temple. Yeah. And and then another guy overheard them talking about it. And then he wrote that down. And he wrote it all down in the book. And he said, this is what it is. Yep. So he based everything that he knows off of a mechanism that may or may not have worked in the way he thought it would. Right. So that's okay. I'm fine. (laughs) I got this. Notice there were no numbers in there. Yes. (laughs) So according to Pappus of Alexandria, Archimedes had penned a now lost treatise title on sphere making that described how to build these contraptions. Uh Aha! See? Many of his innovations are described in the ancient documents that have survived. Um, some of which have uh, even had uh, crude illustrations and shit, too. They're like stick figures. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Probably better than I could do. Yeah. His od- actually, I can draw pretty well. But yeah, anyway, can actually. his odometer is one such instrument, okay? The Romans later used a similar device to set their mile marks, described by uh, Vitruvius, Heron of Alexandria, and in the time of Emperor Commodus. <laughs> their names are fucking awesome back then, dude. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Although the pictures in the uh, literature um, in the book looked to be practical, attempts to uh, build them as shown had been unsuccessful. The system worked properly when the square tooth gears in the illustration were swapped out for the angled gears found in the Antikythera mechanism. What? Told you. That's what I'm thinking. It had to have been used for something else. Wait a minute. Hold on. Whoa. That's fucking wild. I did not know that. That's, That's cool as shit. So this technique existed as early as the 3rd century B.C., if Cicero's story is accurate, okay? Mm-hmm. Later Roman authors, including... <laughs> <laughs> Lactantius. Lactantius? <laughs> and, and Divinarum Institutionum Libra Seven. Yeah, that's Latin. Yeah. <laughs> then Claudian, not going to say the rest, <laughs> and Proclus. Oh, fuck these guys. In the 4th and 5th century also made reference to Archimedes' invention. I honestly need to read up more on Archimedes because he sounds like a fucking brilliant person. Freaking way ahead of his time. Yeah. The of his time, basically. Cicero also said that another such device was built, quote, recently by his friend Poseidonus. Quote, each one of the revolutions of which brings about the same movement in the sun and moon and five wandering stars as is brought about each day and night in the heavens. So it's basically the same fucking concept. Yeah. Literally the exact same thing. Given that the third device was almost certainly in Poseidon's possession by that time and that both the Archimedes made and Cicero mentioned machines were found in Rome at least 30 years after the shipwreck's estimated date, it is unlikely that any one of those machines was the uh, the Antica, Antica, ta, ta, ta. <laughs> I was doing so well. Antikythera mechanism discovered in the wreck. So they're saying that this they would oh, I get it. to it. Okay. So, but the way I look at it though is there so, had to have been documentation written down somewhere that these guys were basing their me- mechanisms off of to correlate that with this mechanism. Why else would you be transporting it from this location to the next location if you weren't going to be using it in your mechanism? Whether it's 30, 40, 50, 60 years later, still technically in one of their lifetimes. So. Okay, so basically, what this is saying here is that they may have, um, they may have, uh, they may have. Th- there was a hypothesis that what they found may have been one of those other mechanisms, right? But then they're determining that that's not possible, right? Okay, now I got it. <laughs> yeah. 
Catching up mustard? Yeah. All right. So the researchers who rebuilt the Antikythera, oh my God, Antikythera mechanism uh, concur that it was too complex to have been a singular invention. Okay? So in other words, there's something else. There's something else. What the fuck? Yeah. The proof that the Antikythera, Antikythera ah, mechanism was not unique strengthens the argument that there was a tradition of complex mechanical technology in ancient Greece that was later, at least in part, transmitted to the Byzantine and Islamic worlds. Ha! I'm okay. (laughs) During the Middle Ages, complex mechanical devices that were still simpler than the Antikythera mechanism were built in these cultures. A 5th or 6th century Byzantine Empire geared geared calendar fragment. Damn it, that's a weird word. Their geared calendar fragment that was mounted to a sundial and maybe used to uh, help tell time has actually been discovered. Right. Okay. So the Caliph of Baghdad. See, I can pronounce that. That's good. Thank you. Commissioned Bonnie... <laughs> yep, I talk way too soon, don't I? Bonnie Mrs. Khatib Al-Hilal, <laughs> also known as the Book of Ingenious Devices. That sounds awesome. In the, uh, the Anyway, they, they found this and was commissioned in the early 9th century AD. Over 100 mechanical devices were detailed in this document, some of which may have been found in Masonic manuscripts uh, from antiquity. Around 1,000, the scholar Al-Baruni described a gear cal- or geared calendar that was comparable to the Byzantine mechanism. And a 13th century astrolab, astrolab? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Also had a clockwork system that is similar to it. Okay. It, it, it's probable that this medieval technology was brought to Europe and had a part in the region's development of mechanical clocks. Now, see, with all of this going on, it kind of brings me back to... If Do I know, have blood coming out of my ears yet? No, but you're... you're my eye twitching? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, but what brings me back to all of this, though, which I think is kind of crazy, is that maybe this was kind of used in some sort of automatonic... A, a creation, you know what I mean? Whether it's, They were building robots? That's what I'm kind of thinking that they were trying to do with it because why else would you have so many freaking chicks and gears and stuff for it to just be used as a fucking sundial? The ancient Grecians were making a robot mm. and it probably had a hairy chest. Ah! <laughs> just saying. Sorry, just kidding. I have a, an, an uncle, well, you also have an uncle, a great uncle who's very, very uh, Greek. Very Greek? Very Greek, yeah. He's amazing. So, Su Song, a Chinese polymath, I... Don't like that word in so many different, because it says math and poly meaning more than one. Don't like it. More math. Yep. Build a mechanical clock tower in the 11th century that, among other things, measured the positions of several stars and planets that were shown on an armillary sphere that spun mechanically. Mm. Okay? So that's pretty cool when you think about, again, what people are able to come up with. Yep. Just, you know, you're looking at something up there and they're like, well, and not only that, hold on, let, let me back that up real fast. They, they, I think people nowadays are, we just, we don't, we don't care. We don't try as hard yeah. as they did back then. Back then they're like, well, cause they don't know, understand it. So they wanted to figure out how to understand it. But, but every, yeah, but even today though, we still don't understand almost everything that's out there. That's yeah. why everything's called a fucking theory. Science is based on theories and science is always ever changing. You have to have, you know, you can prove what's here right now, but that doesn't mean that that's not going to change because if something else pops up, that's just going to disprove what was already proven. Right. You know, that's what science is. So why, and I love that there are so many people out here that, you know, not so many. There are a lot of people, scientists nowadays that are still trying to do this kind of stuff. Right. You know, like we were talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of guys, Bill Nye, the science guy. He's actually pretty smart. Yeah. Like he's funny too. Anyway, um, what I'm saying is, is that, those guys are the anomalies now. Right. Where back then, it was like that was the thing. Yeah. That's who smart. you were. Yeah. yeah. You were like, you were, you were a godlike to like the kings and everybody else. Like, you know, you walked in there and you were, 
you know, freaking what's the guy's name that I said was super smart? I don't know. Sue oh, Song. Arch- Archimedes? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. He walked in and I guarantee he probably had like, I don't know, a whole harem of women and everything else because oh, yeah. you know what I mean? They were looked up at, they were looked at like, well, we don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. This motherfucker seems to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Give that motherfucker anything he wants. You know what I mean? That's pretty much what it came down to. Right. And I feel like today it's almost you know, like we were in high school and shit like that. You were you were shunned and, and picked on because you were a nerd. Right. You know? Because you, you were, knew a thing or two. Yeah, you were a dork and you were like, oh, I like this. Yeah. You know? And now, I don't know. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox there. <laughs> anyway, there it is. All right. Anyway, if you guys have kids out there, make get them into shit like this. Oh, hell yeah. The next inventors are alive today. They are. The guys, who, the guys and girls who are going to come up with the next big thing, they're alive right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So let's push them not push. You know what I'm saying? Let's yeah. let's let's help them. Let's guide them. Guide that guide. There it is. Unless you're my kids, and then I'll push the fuck out of them. All right. So now let's go to a little bit of a conspiracy corner over here, huh? Yeah. All right. This is going to blow your mind a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, mine's, it's been blown pretty hard here. Yeah. yeah that sounded really bad. But, um, a little bit. So the anti- uh, Antikith... <laughs> what the fuck? The Antikythera mechanism was thought to have been created between 150 and 100 BCE at first. Mm-hmm. But recent research dates its development to approximately 205 BCE, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting that this technology seems to have just vanished because comparable items didn't start returning or turning up until the 14th century. We talked about this earlier. Right. But why did the ancient Greeks permit such a significant development to be forgotten over time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, too. So now that kind of believes the code. So <clears throat> what they originally were thinking was that with the, the rise of Julius Caesar and him taking over a bunch of fucking shit, that he didn't like it, so he made sure it was destroyed. As we all know, history is written by the victor. So if they were to, you know. Oh, yeah, if they didn't want you to know something, they just took right. it out. Or if yeah. he just didn't like it and was like, that's too that's too complicated. Numbers don't make sense to me. Burn it. <laughs> Let it Listen. Fight. Listen. I'm going to be a delicious dressing one day. <laughs> Take that. Get get the fuck out of here. I don't care what that does. Do I, do, I, do I look up at the star? I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I don't know why he sounds like that. <laughs> it's totally not Greek and, or Greek and, Grecian in any way. Yeah, but anyway. But no, I yeah, I guess that kind of, yeah, that doesn't really make a lot of sense that if it was such a, or maybe they didn't know that it was such a uh, prominent thing. Yeah, like a, a, a. Maybe it was being made under, like, hush hush. That's what I was thinking, that it was, there's some sort of secrecy behind this, because otherwise, why wouldn't you have things documented down? Ooh. And only people are knowing of this device through hearsay. So they're making their own similar devices to do the same thing. So that leads me to believe that there's more to this device than what it was originally thought to be used for. Hmm. Maybe it was a turn of for war, building their own machines or automatons, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Hmm. Maybe they're trying to, you know, make better sex. Airy chess robots. <laughs> telling you. That's where they're going. <laughs> yep. So uh, Poseidon is here, going back to another conspiracy here. Mm-hmm. Poseidon is carrying on the work of the Greek astronomer uh, Hip- ha- Hipparchus by instructing students at an astronomy academy. Poseidon has invented a contraption that, quote, in each rotation reproduces the identical motions of the sun, the moon, and the five planets that take place in the skies every day and night. According to Cicero, one of Poseidon's students, we talked about Cicero earlier, he's the one that overheard the whole thing about the other guy that had the two things and came out here. <laughs> yes, he's falling along. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which remarkably resembles the Antikythera mechanism. However, when the mechanism was created in the 2nd century BCE, Poseidon was not yet alive. Right. Hipparchus was, though. 
Oh, oh, okay. Mm. Poseidonus could have uh, could have built an instrument based on Hipparchus's uh, Antikythera mechanism, which he made many years before. So, what about Poseidonus's in, or his in, actual instrument, though? So, where's his at? Right. If he made something like that, why isn't it is around? Have we just not found it yet, or was it destroyed, or was it all hearsay? I have so many questions. I know you like my conspiracy corner. Oh, boy, I have so many questions. Fucking so okay. So if, if so, that guy wasn't alive, right? Poseidonus, right? Yeah. Hi, Hipparchus was his uh, mentor, basically. basically. Okay, and so he knew. Uh, did he know it, or he had his own version of the Antikythera? He supposedly made his own version of it, or at least documented that he was devising a similar device. You know, we're gonna feel really stupid when they figure out that they just dated everything wrong, <laughs> and, and this happened in like nineteen. 19- 30, you know what I mean? Eh. Or well, they, they found the ship in 19... But anyway. Ah! Okay, um, let's see. Another one here. A time traveler from the future may have developed a mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> or it may genuinely be a futuristic gadget that was taken back to ancient Greece and put there on purpose if it dates uh, if it dates to the 2nd century BCE and equivalent technology didn't start emerging until decades later. Right, so everything that we've found has been dated to happen after this was found. So this is like an ideal or a theory that this started the the astronomical ast- yeah yeah hi yeah. welcome <laughs> welcome we have jackets yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> are they gold yeah yeah they can be uh. I can pronounce that <laughs> that's what they're thinking then is that that's what started the whole train the midnight train yeah going anywhere so some people think the entire thing is a hoax yeah despite overwhelming scientific proof to the contrary. After all, it is challenging to reconcile the Antikythera mechanism's antiquity with its growth in technology. The Turk, a fictional chess-playing robot constructed in the 18th century, has been likened to the mechanism by some. I don't what? But scientists easily acknowledge that the Turk is a fraud. Why would they fabricate evidence of the mechanism's reliability? What would they be attempting to conceal? Yeah. What the fuck is the Turk? <laughs> the Turk is, it's like this, uh, some... People like wrote down that they made a, a robot or whatever that could like play chess and shit, and it turned out that it actually never existed. It was just full, like, from the full, 18th full. century. Yeah, how the fuck they know what? How do they know what fucking mm, chess has been around for a while? Not chess, robots. How do they know what a robot is? It's the 18th century. That's 1700s. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it so robot is a loose term for an a device that can think on its own is what they were thinking it it was. Hold on, I'm looking this fucking thing up. Look it up. Um, the Turk. It's the Mechanical Turk or automation chess player was a che- a fake chess playing machine constructed in the late 18th century. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's better. If it was like it was a robot that was, you know what I mean? I'd be like, "What the fuck is but going no, on?" But it was a fake automated device that could play chess. So they call it a robot because it was. And man, there's all, been all kinds of shit that people have lied about and bullshitted. So yeah. look at the moon. I'm not even worried about that. But okay, but it does give up a, a valid question here. Um, why? Why create? Um, why would people nowadays? Mm-hmm. Be continuing the, um, the 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 bullshit, the lie. Why? What's the point? Wouldn't it be just be, or, or is it one of those like, oh, we can't tell anybody, dude. We've been doing this too long now. Yeah. You know, is that possible, or is it like legit? They're going in and they're finding all this because listen, all the freaking numbers and shit back there. Mm-hmm. That's not like bullshit to me to begin with. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't believe any of it. Yeah, numbers don't exist. N- numbers are yeah, they're, yeah, they're fake. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't touch math, Logan. All right. <laughs> Can you lick it? I can't lick it. Damn. 
I can't do anything. And I get people out there. I know math is very important, and I get it. And that's why I pay people to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. And I use math to count the money to give it to them. You said math. Math. Yes. Yes. Actually, I have my wife do the math. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but why? Why hold? Why keep the, uh, the, the illusion? Yeah. yeah. Why keep Why keep doing that? Right. You know? I mean. Maybe it's funny for the guys up top. I mean, maybe. Hmm. Even though, oh, another one here. Even though it is quite old, the Antikythera mechanism represented an enormous advance in technology. So how did the Greeks of antiquity, in other words, ancient Greeks, come up with the concept much alone constructed? They didn't. According to the ancient aliens. <laughs> yeah, I said this a couple times. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, beings with advanced knowledge of astronomical bodies, mathematics, and precision engineering tools created the device or gave the knowledge for its creation to someone during the first century B.C., but the knowledge was not recorded or wasn't passed on to anyone else. End fucking quote. Mm, mind blown. My mind is not blown at all. No? No. Didn't drop the bomb? No, I don't believe in that Damn. shit. Is that the one you were trying to get get me? Really? Mm. No. I like the other one better that it's part of a bigger <laughs> thing. Because it's, I don't, man, I don't know the you never know, man. ancient aliens. So this was all shit. aliens came down, man, and they, at the turn of the century. The turn of the century. This is right before Jesus Christ, and we did all the stuff with that stuff. But see, I'm not going to get into this. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing this right now, because you just came up with two imaginary creatures in the same <laughs> conversation. So What do you mean? I'm not. I've seen an alien before. Okay. I bet you have. I haven't seen Jesus, but I've seen an alien. I'm, Jesus is an alien. Oh, 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 yeah. What do you think about that? That fucked me up a little yeah, bit. All right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But the, uh, that there is a, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Nightbreed. Nightbreed. An amazing movie if you ever get a chance. Obviously, I know you haven't seen it. Oh, um, yeah. I believe it's Clive Barker that uh, that directed it. I believe so. Oh, yeah. And at, at one end, he's like, God is an alien. And it's, dude, it's one of those like moments where you're like, oh, shit. I mean, it kind of <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. So anyway, they're saying uh, the aliens either provided the uh, humanity the ability to make this gadget or gave them the knowledge to do so. But they didn't do anything to assure that we built on it or learnt from it, which seems kind of stupid. Mm. It seems like the aliens weren't planning ahead very well, yeah. according to this guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. That I'm sorry. That, that one, I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <sighs> and listen, if it comes out that aliens did it. That that aliens were here many 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 centuries centuries ago. Maybe we're just the aliens. I will eat my hat. Which one? The wool one. Ew. Yeah, I know it's gonna be all sticky and weird. So anyway, I I don't know that one. I'm kind of weird on. But other people, listen. If you guys believe that that could possibly be true, that's that's cool. I'm not saying it's in. It's one. It's I can never. I said this earlier. I can never say. For a fact that they don't exist and that yeah. that didn't happen, so it's it's possible, I guess. I just my, don't believe it. My favorite quote is that if you can say that you don't believe in aliens, it's like taking a spoonful of water and thinking it's the ocean, and there's not a single shark in that body of water. In the spoonful of water. In the spoonful of water. That's our knowledge. Wait a minute. There's no sharks in my water. No. What kind of water are you drinking? A spoonful. I'm not drinking <laughs> that water. That's gross. But if you think about it, though. Let's just say hypothetically, you did take a, you know that whole analogy you just used, uh, you know, a spoonful of water, mm-hmm. and you put it under a microscope. You're going to see tons of organisms and stuff in there. Right. You know what I mean, and the universe is way too big. But that's also why I don't think they've been here. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't believe that they've been here just because it's so big, or, and it would take so long 
I mean, maybe they were here and were like, you know what? This seems like a good planet to dump these idiots off on. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were exiled? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Now that sounds more like a likely story. Yeah. Yeah, like we were just like the dicks. Yeah. And they were like, we got to get them out of yeah, here. Fuck these guys. Yeah, find they're, a place down there. They're uh, hindrance. Yeah, let's find a place that, uh, let's see... Uh, oxygen, water, cool. Drop them. Yeah, put them in there because water will kill them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put put them down there. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Now we're like pirate. Par- what is it? Viruses, parasites that we just kind of form to our environment now. We're assholes. Whatever. Yeah, so this theory, like the this new other theory, like the extraterrestrial one, is based simply on the observation that the Antikytheras <laughs> Antikythera mother. <laughs> Antikytheris, my fucking shit, mechanism seems to be too technologically sophisticated for its period. Okay, now I get that. It does sound very sophisticated. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're saying that just a few years later or centuries later that something else was created similarly, then you can't negate that. No, but you're also talking damn near close to a thousand years later, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, look what we did in 50 years, though, too. So, to further your point, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So this goes on to say the mythical Atlantis was a highly developed metropolis that vanished into the ocean, or was it? Mm. Many people think that the city genuinely exists, despite the fact that Plato only described it in a sequence of allegories. Yes. Al Gore was the guy who... Al Gore? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So Plato and Al Gore were hanging out? Yeah, they were friends. That's I mean, pretty, have you seen how old Al Gore is? Pretty fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I don't know. I like Plato because he came out with that cool stuff that kids play with, right? Yeah, just don't lick it. It's really salty. Yeah, it's salty. Yeah, it's, it's gross. Salty. Yeah. And it gets in the damn carpet. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Ava was... So, funny story. So, Ava was playing with Play-Doh, and then... Uh, Which is my granddaughter. <clears throat> yes. yes. And then uh, later that day, we went out to uh, Brugger's and got ice cream, right? They had That's a where flavor. you pooped yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. They had a flavor called Purple Dinosaur. Oh, boy. So, we got it. And it legitimately looked like bright purple Play-Doh. And I had to make sure I tried it just to make sure it wasn't Play-Doh. <laughs> was it gross? It had no flavor. It tasted like fucking flavor or uh, uh, vanilla ice cream with purple hmm. coloring on it. I was so disappointed. Nilla. Yeah, it was Nilla. Nilla. Nilla ice cream. All right, so some of these individuals here believe that the Antikythera, uh, Antikythera mechanism pr- proves that Atlantis existed since it was too sophisticated for any known culture at the time. They believe Atlantis, not Greece, made and built the mechanism. Right. Maybe it was on the huh. way from Atlantis to Rhodes. In a boat. In a very wooden <laughs> boat that somehow crashed. <laughs> yes. A sophisticated technology living society made a boat that sunk. Yeah. That's what I think of that one. Yeah. So according to the notion of intelligent design, a higher power perf- purposeful- <laughs> purposefully created many things on Earth because they are too sophisticated uh, too sophisticated to have, uh, you know, been just simple evolution, right? Yeah. Because the Antikythera mechanism is so much more sophisticated than any other artifact from that age, some people think it is proof of intelligent design. If this is the case, you have to question what divine omnipotent or omnipotent creature would spend time creating such a minute object for such a trivial goal. Yes. yes. I don't know, man. It's uh, the, 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 the freaking uh, Marvel guys. What were they called? The Celestials? Oh, God. So yeah. Celestial beings did this? Yes. They were like, mm, you know what would be cool? Yeah. Let's make this clock thing and make everyone think it's something fucking cool. Hey, I like you guys. You guys make me feel like I'm at home. I'm going to make you guys hurt your brains later in life. It's succeeding. Yes. Okay. Yes. So here's another one. Greece's coast is home to the island of Rhodes. Greek artifacts were placed into the uh, the ship transporting the mechanism, which was sailing for Rome. Mm-hmm. One explanation for this might be that the Antikythera mechanism was taken together with the spoils from the island of Rhodes. How come Rhodes was pillaged? 
following a victorious war against the Greeks as part of Julius Caesar's triumphal procession, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about that earlier. Could the loss of one of history's most significant and cutting-edge technical advancements be accidentally attributed to Caesar? This, I love this theory. You know why? Why? Because look at Ukraine right now. What about it? Why are we all so worried about taking Ukraine? Why are people just invading Ukraine? Why are we protecting Ukraine, in a sense? And why are we hiding? Because things? they're innocent people and we hate the Russians. We're Julius Caesar. And, well, anyway. <laughs> and when I say the Russians, we hate Putin. Let's put it that way. Yeah, true. The Russian people seem absolutely freaking amazing. So oh, please yeah. don't, like, take that little snippet that I just said and put it anywhere because I'm I gonna, don't. To me, to yeah. TikTok now. Yeah. We hate the Russians. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, the American yes, whatever. We're afraid of the red. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's look at the, the Cold red War. The Cold War for so long, it was like, oh, they're Russian. We, yeah. we have to hate them. Communists. Oh, it's stupid. Yeah. So uh, another one here, the Antikythera uh, mechanism may have predicted the color of eclipses. The yes. color of eclipses? That's what I was talking about earlier. Which is thought to be impossible by scientists according to new translations of texts on the device. Therefore, were the forecast the mechanism provided only educated guesses or did the ancient Greeks have knowledge that we do not? Isn't that fucking mind-blowing? Wait, So what? they're saying that this mechanism was actually used to determine the color of the eclipse because every eclipse has always got a different shade but it's a repeating color that's coming through we still don't know what the color is going to be of upcoming eclipses but they think that they figured out what they were going to be or relatively close to what it's going to be okay that's pretty that's pretty, pretty cool pretty, i like that i like that theory that's cool it's all ballsy. right you know why it's ballsy because we're studs uh, studs <laughs> we don't we're need stogie. a hole. <laughs> god i wish i had a stogie right now <laughs> Another one here, according to legend, an extraterrestrial species called the Anunnaki, Unagi, invaded the inhabited Earth. Uh, they were revered as gods in ancient Mesopotamia, leaving behind evidence of their presence. The Antikythera mechanism could be one of these hints. The mechanism uses what appears to be distinct technology that was, as far as we are aware, extremely different from anything else that was built around you know, 200 BCE. It estimates when lunar eclipses would occur, which advanced space invaders, <laughs> space invaders, <laughs> would undoubtedly know something about. And the thing I love about this, the, the reason why I kind of put quotations there that I possibly would like to dive into the Anunnaki. Unagi. Unagi. Is because with the Mesopotamia, and I'm really, I like, I loved all this. So they actually had artifacts of um, like these space creatures that had helmets and full-on space gear and riding around on flying machines yeah and stuff. i've heard about but it, this yeah. was back right around the same time that this stuff was created so maybe <laughs> i mean okay listen man anything's possible dude. you know what i mean so uh, last one here an, an intriguing view in the process is held by mike edmonds from cardiff university the uniqueness and technological innovation of the item are frequent uh, frequently highlighted in reports about it However, Edmund speculates that the mechanism may have been in transit to a client when the ship carrying it went down. This is what we were talking about earlier. Yep. If one device was being delivered, might there possibly be more? If not on this ship, then potentially on others from Rhodes. He asks in his essay here, okay, there may have been more of these amazing machines that have been lost to the passage of time or are still out there waiting to be found. And now, boys and girls, all right so today in the movies we're going to be talking about the top movies from the future 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 
right? Yes. Well, those movies that were kind of like had futuristic overtones to them, correct? More so that these movies were made from the future. Yeah, think about that. Wait, what? Yeah. Man, my brain hurts, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what's going well, on anymore. I gotta fuck with the mind a little bit more, you know? So oh, now here's boy. movies that fuck with your mind. We'll do the top 10 here. Uh, we got uh, the first one here is 2016's Inferno. Okay, Dan Brown's Inferno may not seem the obvious choice for a list of sci-fi movies that shed light on emerging trends in science and technology. This is coming from filmsfromthefuture.com, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. But beneath the shallow, cliffhanger-driven mindlessness, which uh, I must confess I rather enjoy, this guy says, it touches on some surprisingly complex issues. The movie's buoyed along by the... I, I'm not going to read all this. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I've, I don't, have I seen this? Have you seen Inferno? I've never seen Inferno, no. It's got all Tom right. Hanks in it, though. It's so. got Tom Hanks in it. Anyway... Moving on. Uh, next one here, The Man in the White Suit. Mm -hmm. All right, from 1951. While Transcendence is firmly fixed in fantasy land and how it depicts merging technologies, the 1951 Ealing comedy, The Man in the White Suit, is definitely not. Despite it, uh, despite its age, there's no apostrophe there that bothers me. This is possibly one of the best films around in how it depicts the emergence of new technological capabilities and the social challenges that can result. Never seen that one either. Same. Yeah. A couple of these, you know. Not shocked uh, next one here is Transcendence from 2014. This is with your boy, the one and only Johnny Depp. Oh, I was going to say freaking Jimmy Page. No. What? Oh, damn. No. What's Zeppelin? No. <laughs> so Transcendence is a movie about AI, nanotechnology, and the singularity, the point at which machines become so powerful that all bets are off when it comes to predicting the future. Mm. It's not a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a great way of exploring the myths and the realities around converging technologies. I don't think I've seen that either. Yeah, I haven't seen it Boy, either. Boy, hitting and missing all over here. I know, right? I have seen this one, and holy shit, is it weird. Yeah. Next one, 2014, Ex Machina. Yeah. That was Ex Machina. No, it's Ex Machina. Machina? Machina. Like Machina Island? I don't know. It's just fucking called Ex Machina. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so there are a lot of sci-fi movies around about the rise of intelligent machines. Most end up with humans being mercilessly crushed beneath the feet of their AI overlords. You know, Terminator style here. Ex Machina, though, takes a uh, subtler and altogether more sinister approach. Learning from the searches conducted by users of very Google-like search engine, the movie's AI, Ava, uh -huh, ah. discovers how to achieve her goals through manipulating people. Have you seen this, Ex Machina? No. It's got the guy that plays Bing Bong Boom. Um, he plays that. Oh my God! Hold on. Does it say his name in here? You know, I, whatever. He plays uh Moon Knight. Oh, uh, the guy who played uh the uh, the, the, the in uh, X Men Two. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Apocalypse. He, he's in that. Yes. Yeah. He's in that as well as his other like nerdy dude or whatever. And basically, the guy falls in love with a robot. Nice. And. Not to spoil it, but it's it's kind of old. It's like eight, what eight years old now? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um. The the robot has very nefarious uh, uh, things going on. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. like killing everyone and trying to take control. <laughs> uh, next one here, 1995's Ghost in the Shell. Love this yes. movie. Love it. It is um. What do they call it? Not. It's not manga. It's Japanimation. Yeah. Right. Japanimation, anime, whatever you want to call yeah, anime, it. Anime. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Um, great movie. Yes. Uh, forget the ghost of a movie remake uh, because that I didn't get to see that. I one, didn't see it either, but I heard it. I heard it sucked. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, it came out in 2017. In contrast, the original Ghost in the Shell is a masterpiece of meditation around what it means to be human in an age of body augmentation. And while we may be decades away from the tech in this beautiful anime movie, it hints strongly at what's to come. It is awesome mm -hmm. and it's like totally not a kid movie in any way yeah not at all not at all not at all not at all uh next one up is 2013's elysium seen this yeah yeah have you yeah 
It is a movie that takes itself very seriously, almost too seriously, as it preaches about the evils of the 1% having too much power over the 99%, and perhaps because this is a movie with a deeply social message. Oh, boy. The validity of the science in it leaves a little to be desired. Okay, who's in this? Uh, Matt Damon, I believe. Matt Damon. Yeah, he's the uh, the the ninety nine percenter and decides to rise over it so he can I think help his sister or daughter or something like that overcome like because they have so basically the one percenters have a machine that you just sit in it kind of like a tanning bed and it just cures any and all ailments and they just yeah oh yeah yeah they're like three D printing like uh, kidneys and stuff like that yeah oh, okay yeah yeah maybe I've seen that I yeah. think so it was a it was a cool directed movie the movies like animation and uh, CGI and effects were cool. Those effects weren't very special. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Next one up is Limitless from 2011. Bradley Cooper. Love me some Bradley Cooper. I love this movie. 2007, the Journal of Nature uh, published an article of the use of smart drugs by academics with the title Professor's Little Help. This is basically that. The movie is literally, they created a uh, a pill yeah. to make you brilliant. Mm-hmm. Unlocks the whole portion of your brain that yeah. you supposedly don't have. And it's pretty badass it's pretty i thought it was a good movie i thought yeah. it was awesome the show that came after it there was a show yeah there was a tv show oh. called limitless and oh, it was really. really just taking off from where it ended it oh boy bad. yeah it was pretty bad next one is minority report from 2002 this is steven spielberg i don't think i've seen the minority report. i don't remember if i did or not but it says Steven Spielberg's Minority Report is rich advanced technologies from sophisticated displays and mind hijacking halos to ubiquitous biomonitoring. Mon- monitoring. But man, what, what's we're making just huge words making it impossible today? But it's the crime prediction that really stands out uh, both as an emerging technology in today's society and a salutary warning against its misuse. This guy loves a thesaurus. Whoever wrote this, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that. Uh, this one I have never, never let me go. 2010. Uh, uh, Kazuo Ishiguro's book Never Let Me Go and the movie was uh, that was based on were never meant to be works of science fiction. Despite this, they are a chilling reminder of how easily a deeply desirable technology can erode the moral soul of society. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Tech talking about using Dolly. The, oh, it's like replication. Yeah. 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 Which is coming to fruition, by the way. Oh, really? Yep. And then number one on our list. Yes. It's one of your favorite movies. Oh, my God. I love it. It's Jurassic Park. That's a big pile of the, shit. The Original. The Original. <laughs> 1993. Right? <laughs> Despite being based on some questionable science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's classic is a wonderful jumping off point for exploring. You know what? I don't have to do this because you guys know fucking Jurassic Park. If, if you've, you've never seen Jurassic Park, I'm ashamed of you. You know, if you've never seen Jurassic Park, you get up out of your seat right now. And go watch it. Keep your earbuds in. Yes. But then just, again, and I've said this many times, just run as fast as you can into a door. <laughs> Don't open it. Just run head first. <laughs> just pop. Kind of like that's that's a, a, the guy with the scarab in his head and mummy. Yes. Yeah, yeah just run. Yeah. Just run. Yeah. So anyway, that is the Antikythera mechanism. Holy crap. I hope you guys enjoyed that because I'm going to have to take a shower now. Because I'm just sweating numbers. <laughs> I am. I'm like, I don't... Ugh. So yes, the first part told all about it. The second part actually is pretty cool because we don't know what this damn thing is. We still don't. We don't know what it does. We have speculation, and it's super cool, and they're still working on it, so that means we are going to have updates, which is going to be even cooler because maybe we find out what it is Yeah. in real time. In 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 meantime. Meantime? Mean, is that what they call it? In the yeah. Uh, Seriously? Really? Wow. Wow. 
you didn't know that. Yeah, I did. You son of a bitch. Hey, I'm smarter than I look, man. <clears throat> Thank God. Anyway, <laughs> so make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. At our website, you can buy some super sweet, super sweet merchandise at our store where you can find our our Duke of Fingerbum shirts, the Don't Be a DeSalvo, the America's Second Favorite Podcast shirt. Probably. So many, probably, that one's coming. So many cool things, the Jersey Raccoon, hats, phone cases, so much more over there. Get over there and support the show. Do what you can. Sign up for Patreon while you're over there. Uh, also, you can go and help our sponsors out and let them know that we love them, like Dr. Squatch Soap. Mm. I'm using this new one. Oh, yeah? So this bla- It's black. Is so, that what I'm smelling? Huh? Is that what I'm smelling? No, I don't, does it stink or does it smell good? That smells like numbers. Ah, <laughs> yes. I'm washing my ass with a number six. That's no. It's Dr. Squatch Soap. Get over there. Get 20% off your first subscription. Just head to the midnighttrainpodcast.com. Click on sponsors. Click on the banner and use the promo code DSC Squatch 20. It's in there. You'll get it. And you'll get the best damn soap because it's amazing. We're also working on some new um some new uh, uh, sponsors and uh, uh, um, and whatnot. So that'll be Ooh. yeah. I got some I got some things working. Ooh. You know what I'm saying. And do us a favor. Get over there and sign up for Patreon because not only do you get bonuses from the Midnight Train, but you get them from Icons and Outlaws, yeah. and you get the songs that we release ahead of everybody else. Yeah. So you might want to get over there and do that. Seriously, it's five bucks. Right. It's five bucks. Right. And I know you're thinking to yourself, man, I can get one whole tank of gas right now. A whole gallon. Gallon. That's what I mean. Why do you keep saying tank? <laughs> I don't know. I think, what is this? The fucking sixties? Dude, my brain hurts. Numbers. You did this to me. You're welcome. Anyway, get over there, sign up, be cool. You get all kinds of cool stuff over there too. Like there's other different tiers and whatnot, but it, it is a super fun place. And like all of our, our poopers and, and the, the Patreon supporters, they're so just um, they're just amazing people. They are. They really are. And, and I just can't tell you how much I love you guys. So mm. get over there, do that. So in saying that, now where's my little <laughs> Ooh. It's really loud. <laughs> I, I think I am really hungover. Anyway, so anyway, this goes out to you, you beautiful poopers. And if you want to sign up and become a Patreon pooper, a Patreon supporter, a producer, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, and support the show, get the bonuses or whatever, guess what? I'm going to mention your name, like oh. I'm going to do right now, to these amazing people, to Amanda Dens, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Hank Sanchez, Stacey Lacona, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian. Ryan Gunsman, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Darty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madison, Janice Sherrell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. That's our boy. Go check them out. Christina Skelton and uh, Jessica Bartolome from the Sisters Skelton Podcast. Maria Gibbs, Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Batchelor, Katie Brabinek, and of course our boy Bill Birch. You want to try it? Oh, good for you. <laughs> I don't know why that sounded painful. <laughs> it felt painful. Ah, that's amazing. Mainly because I kind of forgot what it was for yeah, a second. Yeah, <laughs> so listen, spread the word for us, please. And if you want your name to be mentioned on the show and for us to be forever grateful, just become a Patreon producer. And listen, I understand. It's the very last thing I'm going to say. I know this is like another one of those like nerdy ones that has a lot of information in there. And it could be a bit overwhelming, but we try to include all kinds of different stuff. Because, again, this is technically unsolved. We don't know what this damn thing does. Correct. And it's sitting there, and these nerds are trying to figure it out. People that are way smarter than we are. Yeah. At least I am. Yeah. 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 Hey. 
Damn. <laughs> Getting beat up on all sides today. Anyway, so it's just a really cool thing. So thank you for listening and stay safe out there. And as always, choo choo, motherfucker. That was weird. Sorry. <laughs> I'll go home and get your fucking shine box.